This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Well, welcome back to the Road to Retirement. I'm Chris Anselmo. I'm here with my host, Tony Shore. How are you doing today, Tony? I am doing great. Uh, I just... Uh, a little groggy yet today. I've got to have some more coffee, I think, Chris. Yeah, yeah I And am then I. I'll be back on track. But I'm excited to be here with you. I know you have a great show planned for us. Uh, you know, I just get crazy busy this time of year. How about you? Uh, yeah, I am crazy busy. Unfortunately, I've been to several funerals this time of the year, but that's oh. uh, that's part of the biz. And um, yeah, we'll get through that. And, but uh, today I thought we'd talk about, you know, we've been talking about a lot about the uh, generation ahead of us and i was thinking about the generation behind us like my kids like uh, the millennials so oh yeah so you know there's there's a lot of talk about you know millennials are lazy and they, they don't want to work and they're they have to be coddled and all that kind of stuff but sure I, I, look I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true you know i think every generation says that about the next generation like we've all <laughs> like true like the next generation always works probably less physically hard than the generation before right Ever since cavemen, and you know, you look at the pioneers, they walked across the United States. Like, I don't walk across all the way down to my mailbox sometimes, right? So, <laughs> so I, I don't necessarily think that uh, they're lazy, but uh, you know, they do have a, a different, vast set of circumstances that even our generation never had, you know. So, we'll talk about yeah. some of that stuff. And every um, generation is different, you know, yeah. you go from the greatest generation to our parents, uh, the boomers. And then to us, Generation X, and then and now and then Millennials. I'm actually a and, boomer. I'm like and then, I'm like uh, one of the last years of the boomers. Oh, Chris, there's no way you're a boomer. Yeah, you're, there's that, no way you're old enough to be. You look younger than I am, and I I know I'm Generation X. Well, my, I was born in '62, and I think the ah. boomers end in '64. It's like the 20, so you 20 are, years after you are, the war. You are older than I am, That's significant, and like, more mature, but you're just not. Um, yeah, you just don't look it. Yeah, well, take a lot of vitamins. You're physically younger. You're in better shape, that's so, for sure. So millennials, I think, are from born in like 1981. My, well, my little research I did till 1997. So Right, and I've I actually read up on this, and there's varying, there's like yeah. two different camps. One has it going to 99, uh, so, but the main one is going to 97 yeah, if so, you're born. So my, my kids are in that. Actually, uh, Gino's right at the end of it, but uh, my kids fit in there. So most millennials you think about now are actually already like past college age, right? So they're not, right. they're not necessarily yep. ones still in high school and stuff like that. But you know, they just have so much, so much different things than we had when we were growing up. You know, so um, I thought we'd talk about that and. And for all you millennials out there, I want to put this out there in case I forget it, because a lot of them, you know, even my son, he's like, what, what do I do about for retirement? I'm like, Christ, you've only been working six months, but I'm glad he asked, right? And nobody's ever, well, never, yeah. nobody's ever told this to me, um, but 
my saying is that retirement is a function of money, not age. So if you can mm. save enough, if you can make enough and save enough, like look at athletes, they can retire when they're 30, right? Because they have enough money. Right. I'm not saying when you retire, you don't have, you don't want to work, but you don't have to work. You might want to work and still contribute to society and, you know, do all the things that the altruistic stuff about working is, is great. But like you're working ideally, like I understand you're working for all the altruistic stuff, you know, contributing to society and that's, that's all good stuff, but you're working to eventually save enough money so you don't have to, to retire. Work. Yeah. So you don't have to work. Right, you might want to work, but you don't have to work. So if you could keep that in mind, um, look, you want to be, you know, you want to contribute to society, you want to be a good citizen, you want to be responsible and all that, but there's going to be a day that you're like, well, heck, I don't really want to have to go into work. So keep that in mind as you're plodding along in your young age that, look, I got to start saving, you know, and you got to start saving early. So um, yeah. let's talk about some of that. So some of the things that I know that the millennials have, um, I don't say the baggage they have, but they spend money on things that we never even thought about spending money, right? They spend money on, right? look, they're spending monies on computers, laptops, gaming devices, tablets, cell phones, internet. I mean, Tony, that stuff when I was in college, I didn't spend any money on it because it didn't exist. Right. I mean, they literally we didn't did, spend money on any of those things. Right. Smartphones, I mean, computers, I mean, laptops, yeah, I mean, cell, gaming cell systems. Cell phones were just, like, I graduated in 84, so I'm pretty old. So, I mean, yeah. the PC was, I think, officially, like, invented in, or hit the market in, like, in 81. So it really wasn't even in the market for no regular people yet, you know? So all that stuff that they're spending money on, which is hundreds of dollars a month, I mean, just think their cell phone bill, their tablets, their their internet, their, you know, all that stuff, coffee shops, right? Like we never spend $5 on a cup of coffee, right? I mean, so all that, no. all that Can stuff. Can you imagine Starbucks? I mean, that's like a huge expense when right. you add it up over a year's time right. compared to, we didn't have that expense. Oh yeah. Right. So I think one of the first things though, um, was just the cost of education. I mean, we talked about this on other shows. The cost of education is out of control. Well, yeah, it was pennies on the dollar yeah. to, to what it is now. Like, I went literally. to a private Jesuit school, John Carroll, and I think it was four or five grand a year. Yeah, right? exactly. Now, I think John Carroll or some of the private schools are sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. So it's just, you know, and I think unless Congress takes some action stuff they should be doing instead of what they're doing now. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, it's going to keep going because there's no end oh, in sight because the colleges just say, just take out a loan. And the, ki the kids are young and I don't say young and dumb, but they're young enough and maybe um, naive enough. Say, okay, I'll just sign here. Okay. And then they come out of school and they got hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Hundreds of thousands, not a hundred, like 200, yeah. $300,000 in debt. And it's just, it's just unfathomable. Yeah. So um, and those federal loans, you can't refinance them like you can a re regular right. loan. There's all these you restrictions know, and, on them. And if you weren't fortunate enough to have your parents pay for education, I'm going to pause here in case my kids are listening. Okay. <laughs> then you're going to have uh, hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. I mean, I have a client, believe it or not, her daughter ended up being a cardiothoracic surgeon. 
God bless her, brilliant wow. person, about $600,000 in debt. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's a really nice house, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then for people, like, college isn't for everyone. And just because you didn't go to college doesn't mean you can't be wildly successful. Like, you're living in the United States. You, you, you could be successful. And I know many, many, many people who never went to college and are tremendously successful. So, um, you know, so don't have that chip on your show. Well, I couldn't afford to go to college. I'm, I'm never going to be anything. Um, look, college is really just to get you smart enough to get to the point where somebody will take a chance on you and give you a job, right? Yep. I mean, you'll find out, for all of you who just came out of college, that you'll find out as soon as you get your first job, hell, you don't know anything. You know, I came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I the real to, world. I went to, uh, you know, I, I went to John Carroll, and they had a really good top-notch accounting program, um, one of the top ones in the nation. And when I got out and I got my first job, I'm like, thought I, you know, my uh, crap didn't stink. But, uh, and uh, found <laughs> as out, one found, does, yeah, yes. Found out that, man, I, I don't know anything. So, um, and, and it's a wake it's, up it's a, Yeah, it's rude waking. So, um, and I also read that because of college costs and things like that, and, and you know, the, the jobs aren't, um, staying in line with the cost of education, right? So when we got out of college, we were hoping to make you know, 500 bucks a week. We were hoping, to, you know, the first job would be 25 to 30,000 bucks, right? That's 30 some years ago. Do you think today the cost of college was one up more than tenfold? The kids, accounting majors, are making two hundred fifty thousand dollars when they get out of college. No way, right? No. So no, yeah. So not even close. So they they said like I read just a stat somewhere. It said that today it's typical for twenty five year olds to be single. You know, before twenty five back then, you're like if you weren't married, you're like an old mate, right? And they're also uh, living with their parents possibly and working menial jobs while they're trying to pursue higher education. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is. And there's, it's not that there's anything wrong with it, but look, that's the, that's the, you know, what we live in today. Um, and so they're postponing things that, uh, happened earlier in our lives. You know, I got married at 24, you know, we waited to have kids, but you know, most people when they get married, they have kids right away. So they have their kids in their twenties. We waited till our thirties, but, um, you know, now they're, they're postponing all that stuff. So, um, and I think primarily one is lifestyles, but two is it's just the cost of everything. I mean, it's just, I mean, how much does a typical person, like if you're a 25 year old, how, how much are you spending a month just on the stuff we talked about? Computers, laptops, let's see, you're going to spend at least probably close to a hundred bucks on a cell phone, right? Oh yeah. You're probably going to spend at least a hundred bucks on internet. Yep. You're going to spend money on insurance. I mean, you're spending two, three, four hundred dollars on stuff we never spent money on. Each and every month. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when we grew up, there, look, there was a phone on the wall in the kitchen. It was five bucks a month. Yeah, seriously. Right? There was, I mean, how about cable TV? We, like, TV was free. Right? Yep. And we didn't have 70 inch TVs in our, right? We had TVs that were 20 inch, whatever it was. So, yeah. So, um, they just do have a different dynamic. So what do you tell these kids, um, about how do you save money? 
and that's always the the issue like it's really tough to tell you know kids when they first get out of college like you you need to start saving for retirement now they're like what like look you do because it's going to sneak up on you and the sooner you save you know the whole compounded interest thing you know that the eighth wonder of the world um I think Einstein said that, that compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. So, um, so, it is. so a few things that, um, you know, if, if you're fortunate to be at a, a place where they have a retirement system, like a 401k, a 403b, something like that, uh, make sure you, you contribute to the max. And then uh, even whether or not your um, employer is, is matching it. And why do I say that is because if the money's not in your paycheck, you won't spend it. Right. So True. If, the, if there's, that's right. like if you're making a thousand bucks a week and you're putting 200 bucks away in, into your employer's plan, I don't know if that's the right numbers, but like the 200 and you only get a net check for 800, you're, you're not spending 200. It's not there to spend. So, um, so the, the next thing is that, you know, once you max those out, save systematically. What, and what I mean by that is it's not where you write a check. Well, I guess kids don't write checks anymore, but not where you have to physically transfer money from one account to another account. You want it to happen that you're, let's say you open up a savings account or brokerage account at, I don't know, Charles Schwab, right? You want that account to just pull money from your checking account every month without fail. Because if you have to do it manually, it's not going to happen. Or there's going to be a month you miss, or there's going to be two months you miss, and three months you miss, and all of a sudden it's a year you missed and you didn't put anything away. And we, we did this similarly when we um, were saving for the kids' education. Um, we opened up accounts, those 529 accounts for education, I think when they were about two years old. And we, well, I'll just tell them so they know. So we put $1,000 a month away. Wow. That's awesome. Till they were to college, right? So there were, look, there's some, look, we didn't go out every weekend, right? So, I mean, there's ways you can save money. But so if you do it systematically, it comes out of your checking account, savings account, whatever you call it today. I don't know what the kids call them today. Probably not a checking account, but um, it's not there, right? So it's not there to spend. So again, you want to do it systematically. And then, you know, what do you invest in? Uh, young kids have asked me when to invest in. And I said, well, first of all, I think you could save reasonably, ideally 10 to 30% of your net paycheck. So let's say you make, Use around number. You make a thousand bucks a week, which is about fifty two thousand a year. Hopefully, you're making that. But I'm just using that because it's a round number. Sure. So after 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 taxes, you're probably going to net seven hundred bucks a week. That's a rude awakening, too. Yeah. <laughs> you get your first paycheck. Like, <laughs> yeah, it I is. thought I made a thousand bucks. I only got seven hundred. Well, welcome to Uncle Sam's world. So yeah, you have seven hundred bucks. If you could save twenty percent, you could save one hundred fifty bucks or so, and put that away every week, or or you know. And then they're like, well, how do I save that? Well, maybe one weekend you don't go out partying and drinking with your friends, right? You go out, I, I would hazard a guess, like if you go out Friday and Saturday and maybe even Sunday, you're going to spend 150 bucks. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, not that you're getting outrageously, um, but you know, you, you got beers, you got food. So maybe one weekend a month you, you stay home, right? Right. Or. Now, cur- curb your expenses. Like like we said, like stop drinking $5 cups of coffee. You could go to McDonald's, get a coffee for a buck. Better yet, you could make it at home for probably 10 cents, 25 cents. 
right? So I'm not saying you live like a miser, but you know, if you'd be prudent, you you could find a way to save. And, and the more you make, so if you're fortunate that you're making more, you know, some kids come out of college and they have really good jobs. They're making 75, 80, you know, it's, it's not unheard of like pharmacists. Most pharmacists I know make hundred grand when they come out of college. You should be able to put away more, right? So, um, Try to, again, not live like a pauper, but put as much as way you can. And then from an investment standpoint, I always say, like, invest in quality companies. Invest in the companies, you know, the Googles, the Microsofts, the IBMs, Coca-Cola, you know, all those companies that you use on a daily basis. Like, everyone's going to drink Coke. If the stock market drops 300 points, people are still drinking Coke. Yep. Right. So, you know, master all the things that you use on a daily basis, a MasterCard and Visa. I mean, stuff like that, that, uh, so you want to take, get quality companies and then maybe you take 10% of your, your money and say, look, I want to invest in one of those next great thing companies, but don't take all your money and do that. You know, when we were younger, unfortunately, everybody wants to go back in time and say, God, if I could have just put all my money in Google and Microsoft and Home Depot and all those ones that just took off in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Look, everybody would like to do that. But you can't just take all your money and put it in those because there's a lot of those companies that failed, right? Right. I mean, remember there, yeah. was, there was another competitor, Builder Square or something like that. They came out, there was a competitor at Home Depot. Yep. They went under, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, all the Sears and Robux. So, so all those, so you can't take all your investable money and just take it and put it in a high flying new companies. But, you know, if you want to gamble with some of your money, you know, maybe 10%, 15% of what you saved, um, that might make sense. But, you know, it should just be a small part of it and, and, you know, invest in really good companies. And over time, if you, again, say you open up this uh, account at Schwab or TD, you know, the reason I'm talking about Schwab is because they just bought TD Ameritrade. So we use TD Ameritrade, but they just got bought by Schwab. So, so you open an account um, and you say, look, I want you to take out, uh, I don't know, 500 bucks out of my account every month and buy the S&P 500 index fund or the S&P 100. At least you're investing in decent companies, maybe the S&P 100. You know it's the top 100 companies in the S&P. And then you could take, uh, maybe you take 50 bucks of that a month and you go buy your your high-flying stocks for the next, whatever the next great thing's going to be. You know, maybe it's, I don't know, whoever's making the batteries for Tulsa or Tesla. I mean, I don't know what it is, but, you know. You're right. You the know, next thing. You yeah. just, you just got to be systematic about it because people are, they're waiting too long. I mean, if you wait till you're 50 to start saving for retirement, you're screwed. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You. <laughs> that's why you have to plan ahead and work with somebody like yourself. Right, Chris? Yeah. And, and you know, we don't, I don't know how to put this play, we don't deal a lot with millennials. Um, that's why we're probably doing this show for them. But the reason <laughs> well, being is like uh, nothing against them, but they don't have any money yet. So it's right. really, you know, it's hard yeah, for me to. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to, uh, create an investment plan for someone who doesn't have any money yet. So we're, I think part of this is we're doing this show to give them a little bit of, uh, um, you know, what you could do out of the box and, you know, or you could, their parents. I yeah. mean, really the parents of millennials or somebody who has a millennial in their life, 
uh, listen to the show. Yeah. Th- that's that's your target yeah. audience right ask there. Your, ask your so. parents, or uh, maybe you can ask your parents to ask their advisor, right? And, yeah. and look, if, if, if one of our clients said, hey, can you help my kid out? He wants to pick a few. Look, I'll be glad to do it, right? But we don't, just don't necessarily go after uh, millennials, right? So, um, so there's, I mean, I just think of all the stuff they spend money on that we never spend money in. And, and my, you know, my daughter, my daughter even says, look, dad, it's harder today. And, you know, and it, our generation, oh, so it's easier today than it ever was before, you know, you know, but it really, they are spending money on stuff we never spent money on. I mean, I told this to my dad years ago and my dad said the same thing, you know, my dad's passed away now, but, um, we were talking about this probably 10, 15 years ago. And he's like, ah, oh, business is business. It's the same stuff. I said, no, dad, I mean, Dad, do you know how much money I've spent on computers that I now have thrown away? He said, what do you mean? I'm like, look, every two, three years, you got to replace your computer, right? Yeah. Look, we have 20 computers here, probably. So let's say you spend, you know, I don't know, 2,500 bucks on a computer, right? So however, whatever that is. Um, And this isn't the first time we bought them, right? So I would, I told him, look, Dad, I've probably spent, bought and thrown away three, four hundred thousand dollars worth of computers in my career. Oh. He's like he's like, What? I'm like, Dad, they're twenty five hundred dollars each. And look, I've been in business for thirty years, right? I mean, there's no way we still have the same computer I bought thirty years ago, right? So, um so there's a lot of stuff they're spending money at on um that they don't need to. Now the other thing I try to tell the younger kids is, you know, you gotta be wise about your money. Like when you're twenty five you don't need the BMW or the Mercedes. Get a quality car, buy a Honda, buy a Toyota, buy a Chevy, buy a Ford. You don't have to keep up with what we used to say, keep up with the Joneses. Just because the guy down the street has a nice new BMW that was $60,000, you don't need a $60,000 car. Right? You, you probably need a used car that's ten grand or fifteen grand. So um, you just got to be a little wiser about your money. Um, and... Uh, Stop going out so much. I think yeah. that's one of the things. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know that. When, when we had young kids, like, you didn't go out every Friday and Saturday no. and, and blow no. hundreds of dollars on food. Like, you, you right. ate at home. Yep. Right? So, um, yeah, so education's a big thing. Housing, housing's, you know, more expensive now than it's ever been. But uh, so if they could take anything away from this is retirement's a function of money, not age. Save, there save, save, go. save. I mean, don't live like a pauper, but save, save, save. And, you know, and you do want to give money to causes, right? Uh, charities and things that you, you want to contribute to. But, like, you you know, it's, it starts at home. You got you to take care of yourself first. And then once you take care of yourself, if there's enough money, then you can take care of others, right? So, you know, we do a lot of charitable stuff here but because like, we've take, taken care of ourselves. We've, we've saved money, and, and we, we can afford to, to give money out to charity. So, um no, my daughter's name's not Charity, but um, just kidding, Nicole. Um, but look, you want to do the right things for your kids. You want to do, and, and grandparents are listening. Look, your kids may already be well off or substantially uh, financially stable. So maybe help the next generation, help the grandkids, the great grandkids. So there is a joy in giving. So I always say you don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. So, and the joy of giving is like, if you can help your grandkids out because they're going through college and they need a little bit of money, what's the difference if you give it to them now than give it to them, you know, 15 years from now when you, when you die. Right. So, um, 
you know, just, just, we just really got to be smart about money. And I'm not sure they learn this stuff. You remember in high school, we used to have classes about like how to balance a checkbook and how to write out checks and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I'm not sure they get that education today. So. Yeah. Know. Yeah. It's a, it is interesting. And so it's important, uh, just the, the school costs aspect of it alone that we started off with is huge, but there are so many other aspects and things that millennials, like you say, uh, grew up with differently than we did and have a lot of different and more expenses. So uh, you do need to have a plan in place. And so I think that uh, parents of millennials uh, need to uh, work with their financial advisors to help plan for their kids' education. And uh, the millennials' great advice is start saving now. Save early, save often. But we're out of time for today's yeah. show, Chris. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, well, if you want to call our office, it's 440-886-3550. Um, just give us a call. Talk to your parents. If your parents want, they could talk to us. Um, like save often and most importantly, save systematically where it just like if it's not in your checking account or whatever your bank, whatever they call the accounts, they call them checking accounts, whatever it is. Um, if it's not there, you're not going to spend it. So have it done systematically, either through your employer's plan or through some other type of uh, investment vehicle that they just take it out of my account. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, give that phone number one more time for our listeners to call and set up that complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. Sure. Uh, 440-886-3550. All right. And again, great show today, Chris. I think this is a really important topic. And uh, I hope our listeners got as much out of it as I did. I've got uh, a millennial in my life. <laughs> He's in college right now. So, uh, But that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.